Welcome back to another episode of the Growing Lean podcast, sponsored by Lean Discovery Group. This is your host, Dylan Burke, also known as Deej. I'm happy to be here with Dr. Camille Valentine, an imposter syndrome coach, organizational psychologist consultant, and the founder and CEO of Valentine Coaching and Consulting. Welcome, Dr. Camille. Thank you so much, Dylan. I really appreciate this opportunity to talk with you and your um, your audience. So I appreciate you um, introducing me, and I look forward to today's talk. Amazing. Thanks for being here. So just to get started, can you tell us what exactly is an imposter syndrome coach? Um, so an imposter syndrome recovery coach is someone that helps a person who has a hard time internalizing their own successes and elevates them, motivates them, and guide them back to a state of mental peace and wholeness without burning out. So I typically uh, work with clients who are in the executive space, C-suite and above. Uh, Particularly, I specialize in men and women of color who are suffering from imposter syndrome in the workplace. And my goal is really to assist those who are suffering from such, you know, a place of deficit when they obviously have the achievements. It's just a psychological space where you get um, beaten down over time by way of particular triggers. You know, the triggers can be anything from starting a new job or a new position. It could be an elevated position. You just feel like, you're not qualified, although you really are. <laughs> so it's about building up the self-esteem, building up the confidence and helping people relieve that stress that they put on themselves in these types of situations. So definitely my goal is to help my clients avoid burnout and um, lead themselves back to a state of wholeness within their wellness journeys. Amazing. I love that. And how did you get how did you get started in this? Um, what what motivated you to to get into this line of business? So, you know, short of the long, Dylan, the I didn't even know that I was someone who suffered from imposter syndrome until I was in graduate school. And I thought I was going to be doing a dissertation on like how to help people in the workplace build self-esteem after having organizational trauma, you know. And I realized very quickly that all of the things that I was studying was really just like a, um, a healing modality or something that was really not getting to the root cause. And so once I discovered imposter phenomenon was a psychological, um, another word for phenomenon, I would say it's just a psychological occurrence within a person's self, their own mind after having um, achieved great successes, you know, this was something that came across the desk of a clinical psychologist. And what um, they realized was that there are people who have a hard time recognizing and accepting compliments and successes and promotions and things of that nature, because they feel like they don't deserve it, or they feel as if, you know, they're not qualified and that causes anxiety and it causes being anxiety causes them to feel like they're a fraud and then feeling like a fraud just kind of gets them in this, this downward spiral. And that resonated with me. And I'm like, wow, you know, I've been an African-American executive, um, you know, in certain positions where I was the only one and feeling as if I didn't belong or I wasn't qualified, even though 
I felt I was qualified, but after some time in the position, I also succumbed to the feelings of imposter syndrome. So learning of these stories, I totally backed myself into it and discovered it and felt like, oh, this is the space that I really want to be in. And that's really in helping people to maximize their human potential. So I didn't intend on it. It just happened. So I guess it was destiny. <laughs> Amazing. I think that's that's the best kind of business to be in. It's something that you've kind of stumbled upon and experienced yourself. And you're trying to like yeah. get a solution and help people deal with it from from your own experience. Mm-hmm. I think that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. It's um, been definitely an eye-opening journey. <laughs> I can imagine. So when when did you launch your business? And what was the point at which you knew you wanted to make a business of this? So in graduate school, what they teach us is to find the gaps in the market. And what I realized was that every demographic had been studied and researched from, um, of course, you know, Western culture, we kind of focus on Europeans and their experiences, whether it's in the workplace or in school um, or wherever. And what was happening is that there was very little research that was coming from um, African-Americans, diasporans, and let alone professionals in this space. So I realized that we didn't really have anything for myself, someone like myself who was in corporate America. And um, and I quickly realized that I needed to create some services, some support groups, and start off with executive coaching. I was already in the coaching space, more so as a life coach, um, as a business strategist, and uh, coming from peacemaking and conflict studies, I'm kind of like the, the peacekeeper. <laughs> so coming from that space. Um, it was natural for me to fall into the organization development space. And I felt that um, it was time for me after graduating to make this a focus, to make this a focus. And I really see myself really providing like retreats, destination retreats where we can actually get away from the workplace. You know, everybody, you know, in this day and age are swamped with multiple roles in their jobs. And they hardly ever, you know, as of what, 2020, have been respecting the the space, the psychological safety, and the in the in the in the, um, in the um, I guess giving giving their employees a chance to to graciously disconnect away from work when you're not working. So um, so I realized that this was something that I needed to do, and so as of 2020, this became my focus. And after graduating this year, I've launched my business and have been doing lots of podcasts and really looking for funding. So it's been it's been a journey. Okay, amazing. And you say 2020, does that have anything to do with COVID and the lockdowns and people like being yes. alone with their thoughts? <laughs> Absolutely, because the ways in which the world operated prior to 2020 was very much different. And I feel that, you know, there was some, some negative things that we all can that we can just all surmise, right? Everybody has their list of negatives. But for me, I kind of like to focus on the positive. You know, positive psychology really helps to determine our current reality. And so I realized that the ways in which people were doing business, it was an opportunity to shift, to shift into hybrid uh, schedules or remote work entirely. And I, I sensed that corporate America was able to see that they were able to also save a lot of money on buildings and 
you know, all the costs associated with operating as a brick and mortar, um, but also see those same returns, if not higher and better morale in their employees' workforce with them being able to have an option uh, as of late, you know, to continue working remotely or have a hybrid schedule. Or for those who are tired of being at home, they can come into work. So I feel that it was such a perfect time to allow um, the ways in which we saw working allowed us to reimagine what the work looks like with us being healthy and us having time with our family and still being able to get our work done. So it was a, a huge opportunity for me, I saw, and I just took advantage of it. Dylan, if you had a question, I didn't hear you. Dylan, you're on mute. Sorry about that. Um, there you are. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I just wanted to say um, mm -hmm. it might be a bit of a loaded question here because your business is far from conventional. Um, can you speak of any metrics or KPIs that you use to measure the success of your business? What I'm using is the imposter syndrome. There is a questionnaire that the original uh, founder created, uh, Suzanne Burke and um, uh, Pauline, Pauline Imes. What they have created is an imposter syndrome matrix. Well, it's really a questionnaire. It's, it's an assessment. So based on how you feel coming into my coaching practice, whether you know you feel like you um, are at a one or a two, and by the end of it, how do you feel afterwards? So I use just very basic um, assessments, personality assessments, and feedback testimonials from my clients after they've gone through my AV coaching program. Okay, great. And who who would you say should be taking this um, questionnaire? Like, what, what are some symptoms that would get people to think about this, you know? Some of the symptoms are, are as we would say, the pain points that uh, particularly my clients experience is burnout, um, having high workloads and really not allowing themselves to put any type of boundaries on those workloads that they're receiving from work. So they might they might say, yes, I can I can do that job, knowing that they have 15 other things that they're trying to do. But because they're trying to impress their employers or they're trying to, um, you know, be the overachiever or they don't want to be looked at as being soft or they don't want to, you know, they're hiding. They're hiding from the fact that they feel a certain type of way about themselves. And um, so that might manifest as them overworking themselves to the bone or to burnout or they might feel like they don't belong or their morale might diminish or their engagement with other employees might um, continue to to lessen because they don't feel as if they are, you know, a part of the team. And so things of that nature, when you start to feel as if you don't belong, you don't feel apart, the morale is low, you're overworking and you're leading to burnout because of stress, then what that does is it's costing the companies and organizations a whole lot more money when their employees are going out on stress leave 
or when their employees are, you know, having an irritability <laughs> or perhaps they might be experiencing some microaggressions and um, an HR might have to intervene. And so now you might be kind of like entering into a lawsuit where you need to have some conflict resolution. So there's a lot of different unforeseen circumstances that becomes a detriment to not only the employee, but also to the employer, if not handled and dealt with correctly. Okay, 100%. I I wish I had this conversation a couple of years ago because I've been in some pretty toxic work environments previously. Mm-hmm. I wish I had the tools to, yes. to deal with it. Because so I definitely put myself in a in an overworked position. Um, but mm-hmm. it, we, le- we learn from these things, am I right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It is a learning experience. And more importantly, like for managers, I really like to focus on training managers so that they can see and recognize when, you know, their employees might be suffering from imposter syndrome or when they too might be suffering from imposter syndrome. Because my research had shown that even managers who saw some of their own characteristics would then promote those who were feeling like them or they would identify or pick on those who you know, um, they felt that that also had um, similar qualities as themselves. And so you might be having the blind leading the blind when there should be some diversity on the team, diversity in thought, diversity in um, color and class. And so it brings about a very innovative and welcoming experience for everybody who works with one another. So the managers definitely have a, a more of a, more of an opportunity to recognize when they see these things in their employees and to have a conversation to initiate it, which is the way to kind of like pull back the lid and let some steam out. If something is brewing, it's a chance to catch it. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, I definitely agree on that. Um, so back to the business side of things, um, could you share any specific tactics or tools that have been particularly effective for growing your business? Well, tactics and tools that have been particularly effective in growing my business really has been social media. That's been the number one saving grace for me. Um, Throughout graduate school, it had maintained, you know, um, a certain number of clients that I was able to continue to help throughout my journey. Um, I really like networking, networking with other people and working through people is a huge success as well, knowing how to plug into your local chamber of commerces, uh, networking with people of like mind, joining meetups, and um, you know, being really, really, I guess, intentional about who you're connecting with, whether it's in person or online, but definitely using social media such as LinkedIn and Facebook and other social media platforms, you know, there's lots to choose from these days, but really using that as a way to collaborate with others and kind of like get yourself out there without having to spend so much on ads as of yet, especially a new business. Yeah, so 100%. For sure. Yeah. And I can imagine like you must have pretty good organic content because, or at least for me, it's not something that I think people think about imposter syndrome. Um, Mm-hmm. Or maybe they just don't know how to identify it. I don't know if that's coming from just my my beliefs. But is your way of using social media, is it like an educational way? Because 
that's my initial mm-hmm. thought there. Absolutely. You know, a part of my work right now is to bring awareness, not only to individuals who might be suffering from it, because remember, I was one who suffered from it and did not even know that I was suffering from imposter syndrome or the imposter phenomenon, let alone how to help myself through it. But I, I, I learned um, by way of trying to figure out how do I boost my self-esteem? So I learned tools and tips and things of that nature, especially coming from a spiritual perspective. I was able to help myself overcome these things and also to ward it off when I feel it arising. But for the most part, um, the organic the organic content that I share is it's new, it's raw, and it's educational because I have to both educate the client and corporate America, like the, the managers who are hiring um, and CEOs who might be looking at their organization and trying to figure out how can they maximize profits and boost morale or boost engagement. These are some of the things that they would be most likely overlooking. But until you hire someone like myself to do a diagnostic of their organization or depending on their goals or what it is that they're wanting to to fix, you know, there's always a problem somewhere. Whatever the problem is, my job is to try to help them identify what it is, provide some strategies and to help them um, implement it if they so choose to. So, yeah. 100%. And would you say your client base is more of a corporate level or an employee level? So my client base is more on the employee level and I was just kind of, I guess, doing like a brain dump, if you will, (laughs) strategizing on how I can get into corporate a little bit more to do more workshops and trainings and things of that nature. So I'm pretty much hired from uh, doing one-on-one coaching for individuals who have suffered from imposter syndrome or more so uh, a lack of organizational safety or organizational trauma, workplace trauma, things of that nature. And they just really burned out. Um, and so, so most of my work has been focused on that, but I would really like to get more into the corporate world. But I think that once I write my book, um, and things of that nature, maybe I can break into that space a little bit more easily, write some more articles. So I'm kind of focusing on publishing more articles in the organizational development network journey journals and other publications that you know might be able to reach my demographic and audience. Okay, amazing. And help. yeah, for sure. And so in this age of information and technology, um, where people have so much information readily available, where do you see the industry heading um, in terms of coaching and psychology, basically? Because I'm assuming a lot of people would like look on the internet or chat GPT and self-diagnose themselves and look for self-problems. Do you see this becoming <laughs> an issue at all in your industry? Oh, well, I don't know about like self-diagnosing. Um, what my what people in my industry are looking for is more uh, sacred spaces to have psychological safety, to be able to unpack the things that they are dealing with, the things that they've been stuffing and hiding and really not addressing over long, long, long periods of time. So, you know, my hopes is really to provide this space for them to to deal with it in a very constructive way. So, um, but what I'm seeing people do really these days is find communities that they feel resonates with them. And whether it's in person or virtually, um, some people may not have the ability to travel. And if they do have the ability to travel, it may not be 
for far distances. You know, they can get to their local events, but maybe not an international event. So the ability to tap in to these organizations and communities online, I think, has been the trend, the new wave. Uh, but coaching is definitely d- different. The, the one-on-one coaching, attracting coaching, um, I'm learning that there is a method to the madness. You have to have a strategy. And so finding out what that strategy is and what best fits for the entrepreneur moving forward based on their lifestyle, their schedule, <laughs> and the income that they're wanting to make, it really does help to um, to stay focused. Okay, 100%. 100%. Yeah, um, there's some things that AI just won't be able to replicate. And I'm hoping no. my job is one of them as well right 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 i mean i really like ai for its ability to assist in writing some content um even perhaps editing you know coming from a dissertation space to be two years like hard up you know early mornings late night working um on writing and things of that nature so working through the ai tools i'm like oh my god where were you two years ago (laughs) you could have totally helped me save tons and tons of time so we can use AI to our advantage as an assistant, you know, to help us um, with our ad copy and perhaps come up with some ideas and things like that can be helpful, but don't totally rely on this stuff. We want to be able to keep our own minds sharp in the process. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I agree with you. We also use it quite a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's a super great tool, but the, that's just what it is. It's a tool. It's not a replacement. And I think that's what... Yes. That's what people need to understand. <laughs> um, yes, yes. So, Dr. Camille, we are running out of time. But mm-hmm. before we go, uh, what is the best way for people to get in touch with Dr. Camille Valentine? Um, if you have any offers for them that they can take advantage of or if they are seeking some guidance and help within their career, what's the best way they can reach out? Absolutely. I also have fall specials, so I'm really super excited about that. Um, I have an eight-week coaching program that I've been advertising for, so they can reach me by way of LinkedIn, uh, Dr. Camille Valentine on LinkedIn, or they can feel free to just send me an email, Camille at imposter syndrome recovery coaching.com. Okay, amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Dr. Camille. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation. I appreciate the invitation. I enjoyed it as well. And best of luck to you and the other interviews coming down the way. Amazing. And best of luck with your business too. Thank you. Ciao for now. Bye. Bye.